0: What the hell is the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. Before I come across the table and rip Barry's throat out. Kevin Sherrington.
1: I'm going to say to you what you said to me a while ago. Shut up. Barry Horn. I'm going to bring milk and cookies next week.
0: Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is
2: Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about the Rangers. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the Rangers Ballsy with a Z Podcast. Hello, everybody,
1: and welcome into the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News podcast, Ballsy.
2: I am Kevin Sherrington. I am Barry Horn, and we have a very special guest with us in the studio. Who, who would that be? Look, everybody, it's Evan Grant. Why have you guys started labeling me a guest?
0: <laughs> because you're you're a ghost. You're a ghost. Oh, I'm not a guest.
1: A ghost. And I'm not a ghost. Yeah. I'm a writer you're a gust is you're writer. a gust of wind but i'm here to talk about the ranger oh i love that what he said i'm a busy writer as opposed to me and you
2: we're we're, we're just slugs we
1: are but a couple of slugs and also we're not the uh dallas morning news uh sports department journalists of the year as uh as evan grant is evan how many times in a row have you won that now three uh, three <laughs> I love how he, he tried to give us a little a little pause there to show. No, it's well deserved. I've said this many times. Evans doing a fabulous job in our sports department. He's he's killing it. He's out there on social media constantly. He doesn't even sleep. He has he has no life at at home. He's just constantly on there all the time, monitoring, reading, tweeting, jousting with with readers, uh, cultivating a fan base here. For us, keeping Barry and I employ a couple of slugs like a uh, like me. And we, you. We're just riding his coattails. We are, we are riding his coattails. Uh, so anyway, Evan, congratulations, sincerely. We, we appreciate you uh, standing up for us in the sports department.
2: We appreciate you and doing coming this. down here, coming and, down and, here, and actually appearing to down with to us
1: our level
0: in the studio. It only took two doctor appointments this morning for me to make (laughs) it here
1: plus he's had a little a little trouble with his plumbing uh and you know we're sorry to hear about that as well
0: oh just the annual crohn's disease flare-up
1: ah so that's terrible spring
0: training dehydration um stress not a good combo sometimes you know
1: are you are you working out without drinking anything there don't they have stuff for the players
0: uh, I I it I think it's impossible in Arizona to drink enough water. I really, really do. It's no matter
1: what you do, it, you're
0: you know I finally come to the conclusion I don't like
1: Arizona for spring training.
0: I don't either. Um, I, I, and I say that with all due respect to the fact that the drives are not terribly long and all the clubs share facilities yeah. and everything. Um, I, I don't know. There's I, I just grew up with Florida. I've always been a Florida guy. Um, you're
2: never far that far from water never from, that far from, from water. Ocean, and from really the water. at the end
0: of the day unless you're unless you're the braves um, or the tigers pretty much you uh, can get to see a sunset or at least a body of water so um that's always relaxing and yeah. in surprise you usually get a lot of traffic yeah a lot hey, of here them. here is one geographic They're, fact about very Brown about surprise that uh that does make it um, challenging is, you know, the Rangers are located in the farthest northwest corner of the valley Mm -hmm. um, in in, in Arizona. So whenever they go to a road game, they are traveling east in some regard. So in the morning when you're leaving to go to a road game and you're traveling east, you're driving directly into the rising sun. Mm -hmm. And then when you come home every night, no matter where you're coming from, you're driving directly into the setting sun. So, basically, you come home from Arizona both dehydrated and with
1: scarred redness. And, and you know that the sun's a lot bigger out there. It is. It, it's much bigger. Much bigger. And yeah. So is the sky. It's, it's like, the high sky. I think that, actually, Arizona is like six miles from the sun. I think that's, that's my understanding. I think that's correct. Yeah. Because in the summertime... It's legitimately like 130 degrees. I've there. heard that. I've heard people it gets hot. people have walked Dry outside. Heat, Kevin. Yeah, people have walked outside and spontaneously combusted in in Arizona. It happens all the time. I read about it. They don't. They don't. Talk, they don't like to talk about it, uh, but it happens all the time. It's, it, it happens. So do the, the aliens visiting South Mountain. Yeah, something like that. Yes. All right. So let's talk baseball. Uh, Speaking of aliens. So we had a little development uh, over the last few days, which you don't really see too much. When Mister Cole Hamills said, you know what, uh, a six-man rotation is not part of baseball, which, of course, it is not part of baseball, and has not been part of baseball ever. People are trying to maybe inject it into baseball, the Rangers in particular. So uh, what's your, your takeaway from this? Do you think that, obviously, Cole Hamels will do what he's asked to do by the Rangers, um, but um, what kind of impact do you think this is going to have on him and the Rangers this season if he does not like it? Well, I I think that
0: my biggest takeaway right now is I question what all was communicated. And not being in Arizona for the past few days, being back here in, in Texas, I you know I uh, everything is secondhand. Um, but I don't think there's any issue with a player disagreeing with a club's decisions. We I, saw
1: Adrian Beltray do that.
0: Correct, and and nobody really even raised an eyebrow when Adrian Beltray basically said, uh, you know, there's some good pitchers out there still on the market, which could be seen as finger-pointing at, at the rest of the rotation. Uh, the, the issue I guess I have with the Cole Hamels comments is it struck me as if nobody had actually had this conversation with Cole. Um and and I would have thought that if the Rangers had had the conversation with Cole, that the the tenor of his comments would have come across a little bit differently as in. When you say is, nobody, had, you said no one from the Rangers. Correct. Right. Yeah. And it, I would have thought that at that point in time, he would have said, look, if this is the route the club goes in, it's something I'm going to have to adjust to. It's not what I'm built for, but I'll make whatever adjustments necessary. The way it came out, it, 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 it came out almost as if, hey, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that is where the breakdown comes. Uh, I, I think ultimately, like you say, he'll do whatever is asked of him, but I, I don't know that I like the, the way that, that the answers were presented, um, and, and I do really wonder, and, and something I, you know, I, I hope to get better answers on from, from people I talk to is how much conversation was there had with these pitchers. If the Rangers didn't you know have a conversation with Mike Miner, um, if they didn't have a conversation with Matt Bush, if they didn't have a conversation with Doug Fister about all these things. Well, they owe the veterans for sure. Correct. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the free agents that they signed, but, and Minor and, and Fister and Bush, who they talked about transitioning, I'm sure they're all aware of this. So I, I got to believe that at some, at some point there was a conversation had with, with Cole about this. Um, and like I said, I think he's well within his rights to disagree. Uh, I do think that you know, from the outside, you look at this spring training and you say, "Okay, Cole Hamill has disagreed with uh, the um, the pitching philosophy. Adrian Beltre has disagreed with the personnel philosophy. That's not great when your two senior leaders um, disagree with things." Are but- they
2: Are they greasing the wheels for their departure?
0: There's there's no leverage there, you know. I mean, here's the deal: the Ranger, if the Rangers decide to go in a six man rotation, Barry, they're going to go. No, in a I understand rotation.
2: that, but an un- unhappy Cole Hamels. Here, mean, here, unhappy-
0: but here's here's the bottom line: an unhappy Cole Hamels is only going to diminish his future value. Only
1: if he doesn't pitch well.
0: If yeah, I mean, if he goes out and pitches well, that's that's great for him, and it's great for the Rangers. That's all they care about. They don't care whether he's happy or not. They care whether he performs. If he if he performs then he's either got value on the trade market or the rangers are in contention if he doesn't perform he's only hurting his own value yeah, so it he, gives
1: him no leverage he's he's a pro and he's going to pitch well no matter what and and I, and I you know you have laid out the the, the benefits of a six man rotation and we and we looked at the numbers to show that he actually pitches better with five right. days the,
0: the, the numbers with him pitching on five days rotation over the last 3 years He's pitched well on four days rest. He's pitched spectacularly on five days rest. Right. He's got as many starts on five days rest as most guys in the big leagues that, that have done that. Um, uh, his ERA is two six seven. I think it's fourth, uh, fourth best. His OPS is fifth best. His, you know, all his numbers are are among the elite um, when he pitches on five days rest. And and the only question I'd have or the, the criticism I'd have on, on, on this front is everybody's got to make, you know, he's talked about this winter, mm-hmm. that as you age in your 30s, you have to make certain adjustments. Now, he was talking about his workout and his, his uh, maintenance routine, but maybe this is one of the adjustments you have to make, too, to being willing to, to, being willing to be able to, pitch with one extra day of rest i
1: and and uh, here's what i can imagine as a pitcher you know this is the this is the issue of being a starting pitcher as to be as opposed to being a player as a player you go out there every day and you play you know it's fun you look forward to it you're excited about getting out there and playing the next day as a pitcher you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and so all right here's my chance here's my time and now you're telling me no It's one more day away. Right. And so that's the – I'm sure that's the issue going through his mind. I've got my routine set up. This is what I do. And now I'm going to have to adjust all of that. And a a veteran pitcher like himself, a guy who's thrown a lot of innings, and plus this is going to take away a couple of starts. He's going to get probably two fewer starts this season than he normally would have got, which doesn't sound like very much. And I know what other people (laughs) will argue is, is that do you really want to take your best pitcher away, two more starts, and give those starts to somebody else? And and I get that, but but you know, but my point about that too is, if the numbers show me that he is so much better in fewer starts, yeah, I'd rather have more quality starts from him than to, than to and to have somebody else who may be giving me their best, like Austin bibbins Dirks goes out there against Max Scherzer
0: right. and
1: and outduels him and wins that game. You know, I'm not going to get that very often, but I might get a couple of those games.
0: I think if you can do something to enhance your best pitcher's performances. Then that's that's advantageous because yeah. a a great Cole Hamels is better than a good Cole Hamels. Yeah, sure. Um, and and two number five guys, there's not going to be much separation in those guys. No. Um, or from this organization, not much separation between three and five. Right. I I think that the other the other part here is, you know. There's some data on Cole Hamels and what he's done. There's some data on Bartolo Colon and what he's done. There's some data on Doug Fister and what he's done. But in all of that, typically the guys pitching, when they pitched on five days rest, that's been the outlier. That's been what's thrown them off their routine. Right. Because they did have that extra day inserted without having a chance to prepare for all that. The regular routine was pitching on four days rest. But there's some guys who are more successful on five days rest. Some guys who are more successful on four days rest. There's no real predictor uh, overall. And until you kind of experiment with the whole staff, and I hate to use the word experiment, but I mean, that's basically what you've got to do. Until you build a database that says, okay, this is how they performed on five days when it is their routine, then and only then can you really say, okay, this we're comparing apples to apples here um and and I think the rangers we can define it as a 6 man rotation we can define it as a 5 plus 1 we can define it however we want i think the rangers just feel like what they want to do is make sure that all their starters get 5 days rest as often as possible and and in this day and age i see zero reason in the long term why anybody would would
1: fight that because no, I can see why people would fight it. People who are used to it, guys that are sinker ball pitchers, there, there are reasons why people would fight it, the pitchers themselves. Oh. But but my point is, is that it eventually this is the way baseball is going. It is so hard to find quality starting pitching. And Correct. everybody's trying to get every inning, I'm going to have my best pitcher out there. And so what is going to happen is is that I, what I believe is that teams are going to have three and four legitimate starters. And then those guys at the very back end of the rotation are really just glorified relievers. And they're, they're, they're guys who are going to be giving you three and four innings, five innings maybe. You know, two turns through the lineup. Yeah, two times through the lineup, and then we're going to turn it over to the bullpen now. And I think that's what you're going to end up having. And I think with the Rangers, this makes perfect sense for them to do that. They don't have the, that kind right. of uh, of, uh, of starting pitching. Quality starting pitching. Look,
0: if you want to get the most out of Matt Bush and Mike Miner, uh, as starters you've got to monitor their innings right so you've got to keep them to 100 125 innings max this year um that means a lot of 5 inning starts a lot of maybe less than 5 inning starts for those guys that's two guys in your rotation martin perez uh you know he's only going to be 27 this year or 28 in in uh in january in, in in april i believe but he's never reached 200 innings you know he's never he's never pitched 200 innings um and and guys now who pitch 200 innings what do they do in the postseason you know they get to the postseason are they shot what we're seeing is that that guys sweet spot so to speak is in the 175 to 190 range and yes there are some outliers yes there's a Clayton Kershaw
1: yes you know there's a Chris Sale although Clayton is struggling in the postseason as well
0: uh but he pitched well last year you know um I just think that I, I think that when you're the Rangers and you're in a position where you're having to take some guys like Doug Fister, who did not have a job at the start of last year, Matt Moore, who had the worst ERA in baseball last year, you've got to take some to say, okay, if we're going to maximize who these guys are, we've got to put some new wrinkles in. Uh, and, and with these guys, I think the idea is we want you to be as fresh as possible every time out.
2: Barry, you want to say something about that? I agree with Evan. Look, they they got to take of what was handed to them, and they got to make chicken soup out of it. Correct. And Mm -hmm. so, if if this is the best way to go about it, then absolutely, that's the way to go.
0: And and I don't. Honestly, I don't think that anybody has a definitive answer if this is the best way
2: to go about it. But I think if there was ever a year to try it, yeah, uh, they know what way not to go. Correct. The, The history. Uh, and the numbers, and, and they have data and whatever. They know what way not to go. Correct. So they have to find a new way to go. You know, and it just occurred to
1: me that uh, this is one of the reasons why they did not go out and get a Lance Lynn or they were going to get Jake Arrieta uh, is that those guys would have fought this too. And if you're going to commit that kind of money to these kind of guys, uh, then that you, you know you got to put them on the mound. Well, gotta I mean, on, you, you got to put them on the mound. Look
0: at the two guys. Look at the two high profile guys they most flirted with on the free agent market. Shohei Otani, who is mm-hmm. coming from a six-man rotation, yeah. and who will pitch in a six-man rotation in Anaheim, and Yu Darvish, who has never once balked at the idea of a six-man rotation because what it's it's what he had in Japan and he always was comfortable with
1: it. Yeah. So, so to me, this was this is one of the reasoning behind it, and now I, now I start to see this thing a little bit better for what they're trying to well, do. Well, yeah,
0: that's one of the reasons. The other reason was. The other, there, there. I, I would say there are three reasons. One, well, they're is stepping back. They didn't fit. I mean, they they didn't fit under that under that room. Two, I think this team. You look at John Daniels' history, and he has not paid big money, long term deals for pitching. Darvish is the is the one exception right. of, of over four years. Right. Um, and I think the third thing is Lynn, Cobb, Arrieta all came with draft pick compensation, yeah. and for a club that is. Uh, those draft picks are more and more. All the guys who were draft pick compensation pitchers, none of them have been signed. Arietta Coblin, none of those guys have been signed, because teams really value that that dollar slot value that they have now.
2: Go ahead. Well, You've been a big advocate of there wouldn't be difference makers enough of a difference makers to matter anyway.
0: On pa- on paper, I think if you would if you said you had twenty one million dollars to spend and you could spend it on you Darvish or you could spend it on four pitchers your chances of having more success with two or even three of those guys being successful one guys probably not going to be but you have the you're trying to to spread that out if you have Yu Darvish and Cole Hamels that's a great one two combination then what do you have after Who's yeah. pitching after
1: that? I, you know, I've, and I've made this point that, that uh, four years from now you're not going to have one of those either. Uh, so uh, I, that's why I wouldn't have had a problem them resigning them. But I think what they've decided is that this is what they want to do, and they want to try this, and they want to see how it works, and they want to be at the forefront of something here. Uh, and and we want to we want to see how far we can take this, and this would certainly you know maximize our return you know once we really established this that now we only had to find uh, you know one or two top pitchers we don't have to find you know five right. top pitchers so I, I think that this is you know part of what they want to do i get it uh you know we'll, we'll see how it works uh, and i think that uh that cole hamels will do whatever he has to do I, I and mean, he's not going to like it but he'll do whatever he has to do Uh, I think by the end of the season, he could end up playing for somebody else anyway. Uh, If the the
0: season doesn't go well, uh, you know, I think, look, if the season doesn't go well, then, yeah, I think Cole Hamels is going to be on on the trade market at at the July 31st deadline. If the season does go well, better than expected. Now you've got a guy who hasn't really maxed his arm out at the All-Star break. If you want to say, okay, this is the guy that we need to pull back on and we can condense the rotation. And then he's pitching every fifth day. Then all of a sudden, maybe he maybe he only ends up missing one or no starts total. This all is a bunch of you know hot air that we're blowing out here. And he's in the middle of the race. And if the Rangers get to the postseason, here's a guy who might be a little bit stronger. What right. what
2: is your definition of the season going well?
0: I think the season going well is the Rangers continuing to have uh, a postseason berth within realistic the second wild card. Yeah. Either either of the wild cards being within realistic and what and done
2: is good. Is 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 the season going having gone well? It's never gonna.
0: It never satisfies a segment of the fans who who are only in this for championships. But yeah, let's let's. Well, I
1: think I think making the playoffs would be a big deal. I think making, it's just different from basketball. No, nobody wants to do one and done in basketball because you want to be in the lottery. And in baseball, even if you got a top ten pick you know it's still pretty I think angry, I, and I think you know.
0: if you if you had a losing season last year and you make the playoffs in the in the sport that still is the most restrictive on playoff berths yeah you you you've had a good year
1: yeah uh, a, a, and, and plus, that tells you that things are going in the right direction. That tells you that you're not going to get to the playoffs with that second wild card if uh, if Gallo, Odor, Mazzara are not having good years. Correct. Uh, so I, I think that that you you need to see progress from those guys. You need to see that those guys are you know and are, if you, are
0: trending up. And yeah, if you see progress from Gallo, Mazzara, Odor, if you see Mike Miner really make this transition and Matt Bush make a transition from the rotation from the bullpen to the rotation, now all of a sudden you're saying okay. Keuchel's a free agent next year. You know, Verlander is going to be thirty-six 80, yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Uh, maybe all of a sudden the Astros still have this great nucleus of players, but they've got some questions in the pitching department. So, yeah, this is a, this is the transition year for the Rangers, where they either continue to kind of try and walk this line and restock their farm system, or they go full in on rebuild. And
2: who who will be doing the rebuilding?
0: Are you saying John Daniels? I'm just asking. Oh, John Daniels would be doing the rebuilding. I, I I mean, I believe that there is basically the framework for an extension in place, and I think that uh, because of the way this off season has gone, and because there's been so much heavy lifting to do, um, and, and and there have been so many players still still out there on a free agent market, they won't address
1: that until they get the roster set you uh, although if you're talking about somebody who may not be here next year I, there's a possibility Jeff Bannister wouldn't be
2: well, here next year I, I would
1: i would think look the fact that he only got his
0: uh, he did not get an extension this this past winter he only got his um the option on his contract picked up uh that they came off a losing season um and you know if if they don't show progress this year uh, it will be interesting to see how ownership reacts. You know, this ownership group uh, came in basically in the middle of 2010. Since then, they've had two losing seasons, 14 in last year. So they've never had consecutive losing seasons. How do how does an ownership group that's never had consecutive losing seasons all of a sudden react to that? So that could be that could be something that could push them towards being a little bit antsy. The one thing I will say is that. As far as as far as we've experienced, compared to all the other pro sports in this town, compared to all the other ownership groups that we've seen around the country, this ownership group has preferred to stay in the back. in the back room, yeah, um, away from the spotlight, and to let their baseball
2: operations people run their baseball department. Do, do me a favor, because I'm not as up on the Rangers as you two guys are. Take me through the ownership group. Where's the power? Who makes who makes the decisions?
0: Well, the power is is basically with Ray Davis. He's the biggest single stockholder and or, or percentage holder in the in the group. You know, when it when it first was formed, it was Ray Davis and, and Bob Simpson. Right. Um, uh, since then, uh, Neil Liebman, um, who was the third part of this this piece, uh, has bought a little bit more of a percentage. I think he and Bob are basically uh, equals now behind Ray. Uh, and and you know you do
1: see a lot more of Neil Lehman than yeah, you do of Bob Simpson these days. Yeah, he's playing ping pong with the players in the clubhouse. So he's a lot more high profile than Davis or Simpson. A lot. Uh, he's from the standpoint of just being around. Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I think like you said, you know, you see him when when he and Bob when he and Ray are both around. He's more visible in the clubhouse than than Ray is but you usually don't see house. you don't see the two of them you don't see ray at an event without neil and neil at an event without Bob, without right. ray they they go together now one may go down to the suite and just chill out there and one may go into the clubhouse and joke around with the players but they're there
1: together yeah 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 it's not a it's not anything like the ownership groups the other franchises, well, although Tom Gallardi's not a guy, that guy either. Uh, no, but, but he's not. He's he's not guy. been an out front guy. He's but, but, guy. And, he's, and
0: he's had a sh- much shorter uh, time period three. of his own. But I will say
1: that on Tom Gallardi of of this group is just as uh, fearsome. I, I I think if I were if I worked for Tom Gallardi, I'd be afraid. You know, this is the guy who's going to come in and and uh, he, he's not afraid to bang his gavel. You know, he's that kind of owner. I don't I don't see that nearly as much with Ray Davis or or certainly Simpson or Liebman. Uh, And of course, we know what Jerry and Mark are like. Right. So uh, this is by far to be the most, you know, background kind of owners of the of the four major franchises. So, um, it, it, is, it will be interesting to see how they react to, to everything this season. I think that, to me, they're, they're going to be bottom line guys. Not, it's not going to be – if they make moves, it's not going to be because we're losing. They're going to make moves because we're losing money. You know, where we see the fan base dwindling here, we see things. We're going to, uh, but they're stadium.
0: also going to want to protect their long term investment of the new stadium and, right. and what will go on with that. Right. Yeah. So, so I think
1: there's a big. That's to me that'll be more of a mo- I, I believe anyway that will be more of a motivating factor for them. Uh, how well they do a bottom line with the, with the fan base, how that reacts to what happens with the team now.
0: Agreed. All agreed. Uh, em, do you have to go? I have to go. I have to accept many awards. <laughs> Is that why you're dressed up? <laughs> uh, he's kind of a dressed up. Uh, well, yeah, I didn't wear a tie or anything. I'm probably going to be. Well, under you're wearing a your shirt with a collar. Yeah. Well, I wear shirts with collars. They're just kind of knit collars. They're not buttoned. They're collars. starch. Well, we in could that say you're, they're, they're in that shirt. We
1: could say you were dressed up. You're not wearing a sweatshirt like you usually are. Your shoes have laces instead of slip-ons. Yeah. He's, not not even slip-ons. Well, at, 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 the, at,
2: at the home, well, I don't have those anymore. Oh, okay, at, at, at she threw home. those away. She oh, Sharon <laughs> threw them away. She did. I'm sorry. But Evan, Evan, I think Evan, you know. You go and go,
1: we, and, and uh, Barry and I keep talking about the Rangers. We don't want to. We don't want to get these Rangers fans uh, uh, short shrift.
2: Short shrift. Yeah. No, because we we can go on and Lord knows we can go on and on and talk uh, about anything, we'll, whether we we're experts or it's not. It's unbelievable what we talk about. Okay. Okay. Um Evan, so Evan, we'll see. Evan, you. Okay, Evan, take the we'll, headsets off. Evan's afraid of what we're going to say now. Evan, take the. <laughs> Evan, were you supposed to bring something? Did you come down to yeah, bring something? Yeah, but see, that was the us? thing. You guys
0: were supposed to hang up with me, and then like I was supposed to give you these cards. Well, or the BBWA. Can't
1: you just go get them and bring them back to the room? Oh, he doesn't
0: have time for that. I don't have time for the little people, Kevin.
1: Give them to Tommy, and when you, and you get to lunch, and Tommy will give them to us. Okay. okay, but we won't be here when Tommy gets back. Uh Tommy can. Uh, How about man,
0: dropping him, drop mine in the mail? We'll figure this out. I'll go okay, get them and leave them at the front desk. How about that? Can Evan, you Oh, guys stop? Yeah.
2: Evan, you're a problem solver. Yeah. Can you guys figure that out yeah. and yeah. get them at the front desk? Yeah, okay. we'll okay. I'll probably leave. Very Evan, good. thanks so much for it's gracing us with your presence.
1: Thanks for coming on again with us. You know, we so love always good to you have you on. as a guest. As it, a guest, it's
0: great. I want to thank the academy, and um, I'd also <laughs> I, I'd like to invite all of. Um, all of you to stand with me all the, now. All the men, all, all the, the men, men to
2: stand up. Yes. What what yeah. what award are you getting today, Evan?
1: I don't know. We just went over that the first of the podcast. Well, you I want to hear in? it again. It's Sports Journalist of the Year from Something Dallas like Morning that. News. He is the
2: sport not, not the sports department journalist. And you know what
1: Evan said when he went in and accepted that? He said, "You know what? I can carry this entire staff. I can carry
2: this podcast. I've well, done it for two and a half years." now.
1: Wow. Goodbye,
2: everybody. Bye, Evan. Evan.
1: Evan, it was great to have you on and talk about that and give you a couple of things. That you kind of wave at us as you, as you go through. And, and he's and, and, there, and, 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 and he's working he in pain, too. Because oh, is, he's got the bad, you know, he's got the irritable bowel syndrome or whatever that is. I don't know. is. Uh, he's got Crohn's. No, we don't want to make fun of that. Evan does have his problems, and we appreciate him uh, uh, gutting it up, so to speak. Um, gutting it out. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping you'd pick up on that.
2: So, uh, so we we did we talked a little bit
1: about the pitching you know, uh, with the Rangers.
2: I guess I, I'm more of the Joe fan type. than yeah. Evan, I, I don't see a lot of hope, a lot, oh, anything to look forward to this season. No. I know, I know, the maturation of certain players, the yeah. outdoors, uh, the bizarres, and things. Like, but, but, but I'm just looking. I'm I'm seeing July. By by July, I could see. This is just everywhere. Well, sure,
1: they're no good. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing to remember about this team, um, and this is why I was and I've written this several times <laughs> about uh, talking about. Uh, well, I just didn't bring it up to the point. I didn't just come to this point just now. Uh, is that this is still a pretty good lineup? You know, when they, when they yeah. ta- when they talked about uh, when they talked about the possibilities of. Uh, well, we're going to, we want to play our young guys. Well, you were going to play young guys anyway. They are already out there. You know, if you had the, the Orioles staff from 1972, it would still be the same lineup in the field.
2: Isn't it sad that I can tell you what that 72 yeah, no, staff was? Yeah, that was like. pretty good.
1: Yeah. I think you had four. It was, I don't know. I can't say. But it may have been 73. You had four guys won, won 20, 20 games. games yeah. Four guys won 20 games. How, how crazy is that? But at any rate, um, you know, so they didn't go out and they didn't support that line. and that's what Adrian Beltre is a little miffed about is that, you know. Well,
2: Adrian's got a limited time to go. Yes, absolutely. He, he, he's got a place he wants to get to and he doesn't see that. And I think you'd agree this team is not getting where Adrian wants to go. No, no, it's
1: not. And, and you know, but now Evan's right when he says, you know, here's the thing. The Astros have got a tremendous core. You know, there's no question about that. But uh, the weakness for the Astros is they're starting pitching. It's when it's on and these guys are pitching well like they did in the playoffs and when Burlander came in he was just tremendous. But he is gonna be what, his mid thirties and But how they're much-
2: not gonna stand still either.
1: You, you, we don't know what they're going to do. with Jim Crane as as an owner, uh, it looks like he will be willing to spend the money, uh, but to get the kind of pitching that you have to sustain yourself with, you got to spend a lot of money.
2: Will Will he do that? We don't well, know that yet. And then if it's so, if it's not the Astros, what well, because the b- and
1: plus the bills will start to come due yeah, on all those sure, other great player players. Then, has.
2: then what? But then there's the Angels. Of course.
1: Well, that's just sports, you know. Yeah. Everybody, everybody gets better, uh, or everybody could get get better. There's no question about it. You know, I'm not saying that the the Rangers are going back to the World Series anytime soon. Uh, you know, it's just like sports, you, you roll the dice and take your chances. Um, but um, you know, there's a, uh, the the best thing to me to, to see from this Astros. I mean, this, this Rangers team this year is if these young guys continue to, to progress. If they can identify uh, a Matt Bush as a possible starter, if uh, you know, if the bullpen doesn't implode this year, and they how about get...
2: if somebody else emerges besides Gallo, Mizarra uh, a, a, uh a
1: position player? You mean? Yeah, a Calhoun. Well, I, I think the uh, I think the possibilities of Calhoun is really uh, a little long shot. Long shot because you know he's just not going to get to play. That's
2: I, I don't get it.
1: Well, I I kind of get it from a from listen. He's a little bit he's a little bit of an odd player, you know. Uh, the the guy he's 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 going to struggle on the field, really struggle. I understand he's going to you know like he, we saw that the other day. You know when I tell him he, he came in and he, and he dove for a ball and he missed it. Should have just kept the ball in front, of him, right. take the single. Instead, you gave up a double and a run scored. Uh, here's what I tell him: Don't be diving for balls out there. We want you to go find the ball, go get it, get in front of it, stop it, get it back to the infield. It's just like that's a, what
2: they used to tell me when I played little yeah, league baseball. They did,
1: and then that's the same thing you'd tell the uh, same thing you'd tell uh, Delino DeShields playing center field. You're not going to throw anybody out the plate. Just hit the cutoff man. Right. When you come up with the ball, I want you looking for the cutoff man. That's what I want. You know, and, and and I think once you can get past that, whereas you're going to give up certain things, but we certainly can't have you giving up extra bases, you know, just, just stop the ball and that's enough. If it can get him to do that and take the right routes and catch the balls he can catch, then it's going to be, it'll be okay. But the problem is that in baseball, what you're seeing is in teams like the Astros in particular, is that. They've already got this world-class defensive outfield. The Red Sox have this world-class defensive outfield, and they're very good they offensively hit, yeah. too. And so they're two-way players, and that's the way baseball is going. The Rangers are going the opposite direction. They have guys that even when you take Chu out of the mix, who's bad enough, is not great. Mazar is just okay in his. Uh, so are the
2: Rangers o- overvaluing Mazzara?
1: No, no. The, well, the, the, those ultimate, those ultimate zone ratings things, those UZRs that you see on these guys, they don't. They, he doesn't have great range. No, Mazar is. I think Mazar is going to be a great hitter. I, I think Mazzara needs to. You know, the, the more difficult. But he's a great player, then. Uh, he's he's good enough out as an outfielder. Okay. I I think he, here's the thing that Mazar is going to give you is that he's going to be. I think Mazar is going to be a tremendous hitter. I think Mazzara is going to be the kind of guy who could who, who could hit three hundred and who's going to hit uh, and who's going to hit twenty five home runs, thirty home runs. I think that's the kind of guy he's going to drive in one hundred and twenty runs. I think he's going to be a uh, of all those guys, he's going to be the best hitter you know there's not there's really never been any question about right. that that he would be the best hitter of of uh, Gallo Mazzara, Odor you know he won't have as much power as those guys but he's going to be a better hitter a more productive hitter so uh i think if they you know it's going to be hard for them to get somebody else they're going to have to look for the upside in the pitchers and uh and and frankly that's what they got to that's what they got to get but there is do you see any hope in sight i mean uh, all the guys that are there, yeah. Well, I, I know long you could talk long about ter-
2: Bush as a starter.
1: Well, kind of. long-term, the even Bush is, is what thirty years old, thirty-one. Uh, you know, that's now there's not much mileage on his arm, obviously, and so I don't know how you, I don't know how you look at him and look what he he could possibly be. Um, certainly, he he should be a guy who should be pitching for you for the next four or five years and be effective in that role, whatever it is. You 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 would hope. So, uh, you know, what they got to find out is is Keone Kellogg going to be the, the closer? You know, is that, is that a role he could fill uh, pretty soon? Uh, that's what they would hope anyway. So, and there, I will say this I expect their bullpen to be much better this year. It would uh, have to be. Well, it was terrible. Yeah, it was terrible last year. You know, but the thing is that now they got Diekman coming back and he's healthy. I think the amazing thing that people have been talking about is that he has gained 40 pounds and it's not like he got fat this was a guy who had as, well he was, as he was as scarecrow
2: i saw him in, in the clubhouse many times he was, he was like yeah, a scarecrow
1: yeah and and uh and now uh so so you would have to think that this, he's a lot stronger now he's probably going to throw a little harder and be much more effective than he was already and he was pretty effective before so so he'll be healthy and ready for the entire season which they didn't have last year Uh, Now you've taken Bush out of the mix, which is, you know, not, not good, but, but but Keone Callis should be healthy. You would hope so. He was not healthy uh, most of last year. Uh, You know, Tony Barnett will be back, Uh, you know, he didn't have a great year, Uh, but they've made some additions and they've, uh, and they've got these guys and I I think the bullpen will be better. Now, can they lock it down at the end of the game? I don't know. We don't, we still don't know that. We don't know if they've got a guy who can do that. Um, so we'll see. I think this six-man rotation thing is intriguing. I think it'll be interesting to see how that pans
2: out. It's, they're not doing it because they want to do it. It's, it's, they're doing that. It's a necessity almost.
1: But, the, but they're an organization that was they, – they were talking about this last year. They were talking about this before – you know, early in the year. Uh, no, listen, if you had four great starters, why would you want to do it? Right. But but I think what they're saying is they're realizing is that, yeah, they're doing this out of necessity because they, they can't do it. But I'm telling you – this is where baseball is going. Eventually, it's just like everything else. They, we have shortened and shortened and shortened the the roles for uh, oh, yeah. for pitchers, especially starters. You know, you know what it was like when we were growing up. If a guy, if a guy threw, you had to throw at least seven innings at a starter. Oh,
2: when we were growing up, Lefty Gomez, uh, Lefty Grove did that all the time. That was before my time. Oh, not before my. Yeah.
1: Anyway, yeah. Those guys. Well, those
2: guys threw, to throw
1: three hundred innings was the big thing back then. <laughs> yeah. The guys were throwing. They were. It was not unusual for a guy to have twenty five, twenty six. Complete games, Absolutely. in a year. Complete games—it's ridiculous. Some you can't even get guys to, to start that many games anymore <laughs> without much less to finish them. So it, it's just a, a natural course of events that that's, this is what they're going to do. And and I think to me it'll be interesting to see how that works. I will I will be interested to see if, if they can do that. Uh, so uh, if they can do that, and if they can, you know, if they're if they're twenty games out at the All Star break, well then yeah, it'll be miserable uh if if they're you know 500? eight or yeah if they're around 500 yeah. that that would be yeah if they're, if they're 500 it, yeah absolutely uh, i think so with this team and uh, with this with this starting pitching i'll say that uh that that is uh that 500 would be good uh, you know last year for all the calamity of last year they were in the running for the second wild card going into like the last 15 games of the season right. so that was pretty good and that was with the. That they was, were in the
2: running, but were they in the?
1: I, I yeah, know they were close. They were within a couple of games yeah. of it. Two games was within the running, Barry.
2: There was. Never, I never got a sense, and I was out there a, a, quite a bit at, at the end of last year. I never got the feeling that this was. What does that feeling feel like? It, 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 that ting, it tingles. <laughs> it's a tingly feeling. <laughs> you were. Ne- you were never
1: tingling when you were out there. No, I didn't really think they were gonna make it either, but I was but it was you know, you can't argue with the fact when the team is if you're within a couple of games of it with fifteen games to go, or whatever it was, you know, then that's not that's not awful. Mm. You know, the problem was that they everybody looks at the Astros and they say, Oh, look how far in front the Astros are. And I know that's what you were thinking. Look how far the Astros are in front, it doesn't make any difference. And it, it, it does make a difference. Yeah, yes. Right. Yes. you know me too well. Yeah, last year's the Astros were, were phenomenal. And they won the World Series. You know, they, And they deserved to win it. They did a great job. Uh, and, and maybe they'll do the same thing this year. Um, maybe the Angels will be a little better. They will, but, you know, the Angels are the same thing every year. The, this, the Mariners are the same thing every year. Everybody no, wants to cool. anoint the Mariners and the Angels every year, and they're never as good as anybody thinks they're going to be. Never. And so, when the Mariners and the Angels do it, then I'll believe it. Uh, you know, the, the Mariners are already in trouble. They're talking about signing Ichiro Suzuki to come back and play the outfield for them. How would you feel about that?
2: that would be a disaster. You know, so unmitigated. He's unmitigated year- disaster. I don't know
1: about that. He's forty-four years old. I, the, the the but the Mariners and the Angels have the same problem that the Rangers do. They don't have enough pitching. And so, that, as Evan said, that's why the Angels are also considering the six-man rotation. So I, I, you know, and you know, they're. I, I think that the Rangers were right to be all in on Shohei Otani, and and that was all really all well and good. He's not having a great spring. No, not, not not hitting. And and I just think what if he was
2: here and not having I, a great spring?
1: You know, I thought exactly that same thing. I thought that would be so Rangers because I'm, I'm 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 guaranteeing you it will affect him as a pitcher if he's not hitting and he's not getting a hit. It'll affect him as a pitcher. He will not go out there and just go. You know what? What the heck? I'll go lights out here because that's the way it is with hitters. When you play a position that's a very difficult position to play, uh, uh, you know, and you're out in the field, uh, you're you're think. You know, it it messes up. It messes up the other side of your game. So I I think this is probably going to happen with with Otani. My prediction is that he will be disappointing to the Angels this year. This year. This year. Maybe not going forward.
2: So it's a good thing the Rangers didn't sign him. No, not oh,
1: a good thing. Okay. It, was, it would have been a good thing eventually. I'm just saying he's not going to come in and go, oh my gosh, you're going to. So he's not going to be the rookie of the, year. rookie of the year. No. All right. Uh, so that's it. Evan's gone. And, and we just forward. got a text.
2: Evan has done what he was supposed to do. He left our B B W A A cards, yeah. which can get us into any stadium. Anytime. Anytime. Isn't that a great card? It's, it's the greatest. It's like. I'd rather have that than a unlimited Mastercard because you, can, yeah, you can go
1: anywhere. I don't, yeah. ha, I don't have to call if I go to another state and, and, and for my purposes, it gets me into everything in spring training too. Yeah, because you go to all these other parks and you just walk right there in. I am. It. I don't. Have oh, to have you're that. Kevin Sherrington. No, they don't say that. So we've had uh, our John Mashota to talk about the combine and the Cowboys and the draft. Uh, we've had uh, we talked about Jerry's bus. We talked about Jerry's bus and what it's like. We talked about the fact that Jerry does not actually drive the bus. Doesn't even drive his car, much less a bus. No. But I'd love the idea of Jerry driving the bus. He and Steven sitting you, up front. Would
2: you like to see Jerry drive? Would you like to be driving down Central Expressway, looking over and seeing see Jerry, Jerry riding that driving that bus, driving the bus, or just driving a car?
1: No, probably not either one. We also had Fran Fraschilla on to talk about uh, the draft, uh, the NBA draft, and also talking about the Big Twelve and the Big Twelve tournament in
2: basketball. We'd have to we'll have to have him back before the draft because he is ESPN's expert. He, he, obviously, he's a college ba- he's a college basketball expert. Well, for Big, some reason, he seems Big to be under the
1: impression that I wanted him to come on next week.
2: I know. Don't know. What, what?
1: <laughs> no, I, th- I thought he, what, you wanted to talk to him about a column? Uh yeah. No, I, I, you know, I didn't want to talk to him about anything.
2: Uh, you well, but, you might be educated on something. Yeah, I might be, Well,
1: I did get him to tell talk to me about the, the whole authoritarian uh, days of, of yeah, which,
2: which Yeah, which you're going to write about. You've been yeah. telling me you're going to write uh, that Eventually
1: for. I'm going to write that, but now I've got somebody who actually agrees with me, so that's, that was good uh uh and i and i but, agree with but him but won't, won't people agree with you that that, that day is over kids, no, kids he, young people people say that because you because you know, pr- they, they don't want to see a bob Knight anymore but I was, but, but my point is is about a chris beard uh, chris beard at texas tech who's done a fabulous job in his second year and he and he's in the running for national coach of the year he just got a 6 year deal from texas tech and what fran talked about with chris beard was Look at this guy. He's so positive. They work hard. They have a tough love ethic. You know, they they make sure the guys do the right thing. But he's very positive. He's smart. Positive. He, he took
2: the good things from from Bob Knight and
1: because exposed
2: dis- to the bad things. Because I and I agree with that a hundred percent. If
1: you're if you're a kid, listen. I grew up in the same era you did. You're used to people screaming at you, yelling at you, coaches, teachers, whatever. You just took it. You know, and you feel like this made you better, and everybody assumed that would make you better. That's not what made you better. What made you better was what the, the good stuff of what they told you. Yeah. That's what made you better. The yelling and screaming. You know, I got a son now that's playing uh, D3 college, college baseball. baseball and, and and what they like is, you know, the, the players react well to the coach who knows what he's telling them what to do and then also that does it in a way that doesn't make them feel like they're about six inches tall. You know, what's the point of that? And I you know what I've come to the conclusion, life's too short.
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: And, and why do you we don't want to work you don't want to work for a sports editor like that. We have. We have yeah. many times. Yeah, we have. And, and and the thing is, what's the point? If if someone's gonna as long as they're having the expectations and they're and they're delivering those and that you have to meet these expectations, but I'm not gonna do that in a way that demeans you, you know. Uh, because then all you're serving then is that person's insecurities. Okay. Uh, and there's just no, there's no need for it. So a guy like Chris Beard, he's getting that. And now in the kids he's getting, he's getting results with that. To me, that shows you, that's what will appeal to other coaches and other programs. They will say, Hey, if that's what really works, instead of this yelling and screaming stuff, like we, we just saw Larry Eustace got finally got, <laughs> but after being served notice once they told him, you can't do this anymore. And then the players went back to the administration right. and said,
2: again, it's, He's out. That style, I think that style is done. So if Crispier is really successful in the next three, four years, yeah. two, three years, what's the what are the odds of his serving out the six years?
1: At Tech? Well, you know, he left UNLV to come to tech. I'm not saying that that wasn't, you know that's a that's probably a better deal. Uh, we saw Tubby Smith leave tech to go to Memphis. Uh, and as I pointed out in my column today, he went there, and when ESPN said, "Oh, this is a much better—you know, this is a great job." It's considered a top twenty-five job in Memphis because of the the storied history and the facilities and the proximity to talent. And I said, and also the proximity to the uh, Fort Wayne Mastodons because they are ranked one hundred and sixty-third in the power rankings right now, and the Mastodons are one sixty-four. So there's a school. The, what is it? Fort Wayne Mastodons in Indiana. I have no idea where that is. Fort, Fort I'm assuming Wayne. it is. Yeah. No. 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 Fort Wayne. I don't know where it is. But the, my yeah, my, my point is, is that yeah, Memphis is con- was considered a better job than Tech. And and look what Tubby's done with it in two years. Yeah, is, yeah. That but, first year, he lost six players who transferred. Okay, but it's it's not a power five. No, yeah, it's not. You know. But it's a big. You know, it's been a big. You know, you know Memphis. They've, oh, they've, I know Memphis. Back yeah. when they were Memphis State. You know, they they they've had good players, and, and Memphis, that Memphis area, has a lot of good talent. And they John Calipari won there. Yes, he did. And, and, they, was, and then
2: the titles all went away. Yes.
1: Well, well, and then, you know they lost Josh
2: Pastner, and
1: you know, <laughs> so that was uh, that was a, a big loss for them. So at any rate, the point right is right
2: now, Evan Grant is, is when he listens to this will go. This is a baseball podcast. We're, what we're, we're bringing it having? all in. We're bringing it all home here. So. Anyway.
1: For Barry Horn, I'm Kevin Sherrington. Thanks for coming. See you. Thanks for coming.
2: Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via
1: iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week.
0: And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until
2: next time, sports fan, see ya.